Welcome to the Pop Goes the Culture podcast for Friday, December the 10th. Two weeks, 14 shopping days until Christmas. Yes. Yeah, you got it all together? Um, everybody except my dad. Yeah, is he a hard one to shop for? Oh, yeah. I uh, Thanksgiving, I was like, you know, it's to the point that I'm just going to buy you cigarettes and beer. And he's like, I'm trying to quit. I'm like, well, sh- <laughs> shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I meant Nicorette and <laughs> near beer. Yeah, that seltzer crap. Yeah, I, you know, that low, white claw. <laughs> yeah, that low alcohol content fizzy stuff yeah (laughs) well my name is joey mills and joining me this week the lone voice you hear in the room with me hey it's curtis what's up what's been going on we want to thank everybody for being here today thank everybody for listening to the podcast whenever and wherever you're catching us according to our spotify wrapped you're catching us between 11 and 5 (laughs) is what what the most people are listening to this so i saw that yeah Interesting. It is. Uh, only 3% of our listeners listen on Spotify, and yet they've got stats for us. So hey, most know. of you are not being counted. <laughs> I, it, I think I listened to the show on Spotify once. Yeah, I don't think I've ever listened to us on Spotify. I didn't even know we were on Spotify for the longest time. <laughs> for the 3% <laughs> of you who listen on Spotify, and 2% of you who are in Brazil. Right. Or the UAE. <laughs> Thank <laughs> the you. The United Arab Emirates. Brazil, we love you. We do love Brazilians. Sh- shout out. Yeah, we love Brazilians. <laughs> Curtis loves his Brazilian wax, actually. Ah, yeah. <laughs> we uh, we want to thank you wherever you're listening, even if you're not listening on Spotify or from Brazil. We still want to thank you for listening. We've got a great show for you this week. We are checking in with our pal Jason Meiske from the Sample Chapter Podcast, whose new book, Bandit Rising, is available for some last-minute holiday shopping for readers. And uh, we actually have a direct link on our website over at popgoesculture.com. If you don't want to go searching, you can just go directly from there, from our front page. Plus, we've got all that's new and newsworthy in entertainment and pop culture. We're going to kick it off by dipping some Popeye's chicken nuggets. What, what kind of dip you got there? I uh, got the sweet heat. The sweet heat. Yeah. That used to be your nickname, didn't it? Back in the high school? Oh, yeah. That's what I figured. Um, they actually got contacted me. Like, I get paid. <laughs> you do, you know. Yeah. They had to pay you for the rights to the sweet heat. It's not much. Yeah. <laughs> Let's kick it <laughs> off by taking a look at the top five stories in entertainment and pop culture this week. Starting at number five, Tenacious D have announced that they will be touring next summer. Well, sort of. Seven dates. Starting at June 16th at the Telluride Bluegrass Festival. Then they've got six more shows on the West Coast. They are going to be opened. Their opener is Puddle's Pity Party. I've never heard of them. You've never heard of Puddles? Puddles Pity Party. Oh, dude, check out Puddles. Puddles is fantastic. Is that anything like... It's nothing like whatever you're about to say. I promise you that. It's not like what happened a few weeks ago? Did you have Puddles or a Pity or Party? You know, like they don't pee on stage, do they? Oh, no, no, no. Not that kind of Puddles Pity Party. No, totally different. No, it's this guy with this amazing voice, but he dresses up like... uh, like an old school clown, like you might see like in some of the old Betty Boop cartoons, like in the white face, the grease paint and the has white he, suit. Has he been on like a gold uh, crown? He's uh, done a few of like reality show type yeah, things. Yeah. The, what is it? Postmodern jukebox. I think yeah. He's, he, been, he, he's okay. done stuff with them. Yeah. 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 I know who he is. Okay. Yeah. Well, okay. He, he'll be opening for uh, Jack Black and Kyle Gass of Tenacious okay. D. <laughs> so that'll be, that's that would actually be a cool, uh, yeah, it'd be a great show to check out. Unfortunately, <laughs> we don't live. Who else is there? Uh, Sasquatch and uh... <laughs> no, no, Sasquatch. <laughs> Uh, have you heard Sasquatch drum before? Sasquatch yeah. is not, not very good He's on not tour. He's not a great drummer. No. no. <laughs> God. <laughs> Tell him Sasquatch. <laughs> no. 
<laughs> no, Sasquatch will not be joining uh, Tenacious D on stage. Oh, well. <laughs> At number four, some Walking Dead news this week. You don't watch the Walking Dead stuff, do you? I, you I, did, I, I, got, I made it to like season five. And yeah. then a couple years later, I made it to season seven. Okay. And then that's it. All right. So, I know if Kenny was here, he'd be excited because I know he's I think he's the only one I know that still watches, <laughs> still watches the show. The only person. Yeah. Uh, well, the finale of The Walking Dead World Beyond, which is the spinoff show, I think that I think takes place slightly in the future. But don't quote me on that. Yeah. Uh, seems to have confirmed in their post credits scene for the, the whole show. The finale of the show it was only a two season limited series thing. They seem to have confirmed the the virus, the origins of the virus, which is something that was always avoided in the comic books, something that they have avoided in all the rest of the shows that kind of hinted around at things here and there, but they never explicitly came out and said it. And I guess they didn't really explicitly come out and say it, but they had a scene that basically shows that it was a man made in a lab type thing. And then something happened and it escaped. And I wonder where they got that idea from. I, gee, I don't know. <laughs> Can't imagine there, there's any other real world analogs that would might that might inform their creative decisions. Right. Yeah. I mean, rolling with the ideas here. Yeah. You know, conspiracy theories. And kind of on a tangent, Fear the Walking Dead, which is the first spinoff from The Walking Dead, has been renewed for an eighth season. Does anybody watch that? Kenny? (laughs) Kenny does, I know. Apparently enough people do for them to continue to renew this show. They're going to get an eighth season as both the main series is winding down. Uh, Like I said, World Beyond is winding down. They've got some new spinoffs that are in production. But Fear the Walking Dead continues to to trudge along. And I'm sure Kenny would tell us why it does. I, I understand it's completely different. It's set in the same world, but it's a different story. It's a different take on things. But I never cared enough. I mean, kind of like you, I got through the first few seasons. I, I You know, probably five, four or five, like you said. Right. They, and it just wasn't going anywhere fast enough. So I dropped off. And I would tune in every once in a while when there was a highly publicized, like, hey, Carl's going to die. Ooh, that didn't happen in the comics. Let's watch that episode. You know, I've been waiting for that for years it, it to happen. Carl, like an hour and a half, a full hour and a half to actually finally die. Yeah. You know? But I, I don't know. Just like when it happened, I didn't care anymore. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Pretty much. So. So that's what's going on in the Walking Dead world. At number three, we've got some DC news. Uh, not DC comics. It's all uh, other stuff, film and television. Uh, actors Kevin Conroy, who voiced the Batman in all the animated DC stuff, from Batman the Animated Series through Batman Beyond, Justice League, and friend of the show, John Glover, they confirmed last weekend at L.A. Comic Con that an audio drama continuing the adventures of Batman the Animated Series is in the works with the original voice actors returning from the show. Hmm. Danny Elfman is also returning to score the music for the episode. So this is not a uh, fly-by-night, hey, let's just sit around and you know maybe record some stuff <laughs> kind of like some podcasts we know <laughs> right yeah this is an actual like full-on dc production of batman the animated series the Th- continuing adventures of batman the animated series does that mean mark hamill's going to be a part of it when specifically asked they would not specifically say mark hamill he's the only one that anybody asked about on the panel at, at la comic-con right but they did say that original voice actors they didn't say all right. i guess i guess it probably depends on you know 
how much money they want to offer him and right because i know years ago he had retired because his voice was like it was it was straining his voice just to even do the joker yeah but and you watch the he-man stuff though the the masters of the universe show you can't if you turned off the video and just listened to the audio you would think skeletor was the joker it's the same voice yeah so if he's doing the same if he's doing the joker's voice for he-man as skeletor I would imagine if DC was offering the money, he would do the yeah. Joker once again for DC. But right, he's like, "Give me that Star Wars level money, and I'll do it." Just give me the DC level money, or that they've too. got the money if they want to pay it out. I'm sure. That's true. <clears throat> but I think the biggest get, I mean, obviously Kevin Conroy, but you know, getting Danny Elfman back too. I think that's like that to the the rest of it's like, yeah, that's cool. I mean, these guys aren't doing much, but right. you throw Danny Elfman in there, it adds a level of legitimacy. I think. That it wouldn't have if you, you know, didn't have someone with his pedigree <laughs> and connection to to the Batman stuff. So I don't know. That's just me, maybe. And again, I, talking DC still. In addition to Gotham City Police Department series, the HBO Max is developing, being spun out of this this Batman movie that's coming out next year. That is that is, is not it, exciting to me. But is it connected to that? Is it that is, that is coming out of that. So if Jeffrey Wright is Commissioner Gordon in the Batman then apparently, I don't know how much he will or won't be in the series, but it is his Gotham Police Department that is that okay. they're looking at. Which is funny, because they did that in the show Gotham. Right. I mean, that's that's what that show was. I saw Donald Logue was, yeah, it was, <clears throat> yeah, so anyway. So, I wonder uh, if it'll be a remake. <laughs> of Gotham. Yeah, <laughs> I don't gonna, know. Gonna do what they did with Cowboy Bebop. Just let's or, remake some. We're just gonna redo the entire show, shot yeah. for shot. Yeah. Well, Warner Media has confirmed that a second series will come out of the Batman film universe. This one focusing on Colin Farrell's Penguin, who Colin Farrell will be in the series apparently. Huh. Rising through the ranks of Gotham's underworld, which also was the point of Gotham yeah. on Fox. Uh, yeah, yeah, so it, it was, was about like, the Penguin and Gotham Police Department. They're just remaking shit. They're just remaking Gotham. Put a different name on it. <laughs> yeah, it was Gotham with Colin Farrell. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah, as opposed to, yeah, whoever the Robin Lord Taylor, I think was his name. Yeah, I don't remember who it was. Yeah, so we'll we'll see. I, nothing I've seen about the Batman movie has me all that excited yet. Yeah, I don't it know. It doesn't look that good. When <laughs> but, I saw the trailer in a the theater, I was like, oh, this actually looks interesting. But when I watch it on my phone or... Yeah. I'm just like, I don't know. It's whatever. Yeah, I don't know either. <laughs> I'll, I'll watch it just when just it comes see. out. Yeah, well, and if it's in, I mean, I, apparently HBO is not releasing movies day and date starting in 2022. You know, So we'll get The Matrix on the same day it's released in theaters. We'll get that on HBO Max, but apparently... Right. The Batman, no. The Batman's a no. So we'll have to wait like two months, <laughs> maybe, before it's on right. HBO Max usually. So yeah. yeah, if that. Okay. At number two, you know that whole cancel culture thing we talk about all the time? Yeah. You hear about it in the news and all that? Well, yeah. Netflix has announced that Dave Chappelle will perform at its Netflix is a Joke comedy festival, even with all the backlash around his recent special, The Closer, which was exclusive to Netflix. The festival was delayed from last year because of, I didn't know if you knew about this, there was a pandemic going on. Really? That's what the word on the street, I don't know. Is it like 
The Walking Dead. It's kind of, yeah, it was made in a la- French lab, apparently. Okay. Yeah. Uh, this will take place across 25 venues in Los Angeles from April 29th to May 8th, 2022. And of course, Netflix will be on hand filming all of these different uh, common comedians doing their thing. Other comedians on the lineup include Amy Schumer, Tina Fey, Wanda Sykes, Jerry Seinfeld, David Letterman, Chris Rock, Pete Davidson, Kevin Hart. Seth Rogen, Conan O'Brien, and a whole lot more. So they are sparing no expense here. Right. So no more listening to people bitching about being canceled into a microphone or on the phone with a news media reporter and then having it blasted all over the place. Because clearly, (laughs) if, if if all everybody who's been canceled, I can't think of too many that have stuck. You know what I mean? Like even Kevin Spacey's getting work. Yeah, he is. I mean, <laughs> even Louis C.K. is on the road. <laughs> even Dave Chappelle is getting a. But was big... Dave Chappelle even actually canceled? No, he wasn't. Yeah, he had people say, "You know what? This is not cool. This isn't." You know, you had the you had the folks at Netflix on one hand saying we don't support hate speech because it harms people, and then they signed Dave Chappelle, and Dave Chappelle does what Dave Chappelle does, and they come out and say, well, we don't believe it's really you know hate you know speech doesn't really impact people's lives and. You know, the workers at Netflix walked out because they were like, well, you can't speak out of both sides of your mouth. Mm. You know, it, it either it is or it isn't. You can't speak out of any side of your mouth with that Popeye's chicken nugget in there. No, it's good. Uh, so, yeah, it, it, he was never canceled. He just it, it's people call it canceling. I call it consequences. Right. <laughs> if you're going to say something publicly, understand that anything you say or do when there's a camera or a microphone on, that's you'll be held liable for what you say and do. It's just that's the world we live in. So Yeah, and we talked about it. Thank God there weren't cameras around and microphones around when we were all younger and doing stupid shit. Oh, Dave yeah. Chappelle's not young. I mean he knew what he was doing. This wasn't a whoops. Dave Chappelle, Dave Chappelle, did you see the story where Dave Chappelle went back to his high school? On yeah, the yeah, I did. Yeah. Yeah. And just ripped into the kids. <laughs> and the kids were like, dude, you're an asshole. And he's like, yeah, well, I got money. <laughs> but he's like, all right, well, you're still an asshole. And the kids got up and walked out. And, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't really care to hear about people being canceled when they turn right around and it improves their brand. Right. It seems like to, to drum up outrage at least it's not somebody like you know fucking weinstein or right no yeah cosby like, well if, cosby cosby's, got out of jail even cosby's, cosby's not out canceled. of jail yes but <laughs> if he starts going out on the road again i would protest that <laughs> son of a bitch i don't care any like you know screw cosby yeah but <laughs> like, even cosby is out of jail so cosby even even, jail. Yeah, even cancel culture couldn't keep cosby in jail on a technicality yeah screwed up yeah that's usually how it goes but anyway at number one we are getting closer to spider-man no way home's release which means we have a lot of marvel slash sony slash spider news in the news Mm -hmm. marvel studios boss kevin feige told cinema blend on sunday quote if you were to see Daredevil in upcoming things, <clears throat> like <clears throat> Spider-Man, <laughs> well, in upcoming things, Charlie Cox, yes, he would be the actor playing at Daredevil. Where we see that, how we see that, when we see that, all remains to be seen. End quote. Seen. That's funny. Yeah, he's blind. Yeah, because <laughs> Daredevil's not seeing shit. Yeah. Which you don't make that statement. They're not saying he, he did not say. If we are going to put Daredevil in, we would like Charlie Cox to come back. 
that's what you say when you don't have a contract no. or you don't have something on film that you're waiting for. You only say, yes, he is the man in the suit. We'll when see you when you contract. see it. Yeah. 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 No. So clearly he's under contract. Cle- clearly something likely has been shot. You know, the speculation has been, you know, he's going to be in Spider-Man No Way Home. I uh, saw some pictures that I wasn't sure if they were real or not. Probably not. Is it? I don't know. The, which ones did you they, see? They released like the same day. It was like the three of the Spider-Man. Yeah. Like in front of a green screen. And then there was like one where it was Happy and uh, Aunt May. And Sitting at the table. With Charlie Cox. I don't know. Yeah. That one was kind of iffy. Yeah. The, trust nothing until you actually see the movie is kind of my take on it. But. Right. This comes as, you know, Hawkeye seemingly is entered, leaving the door open for a kingpin. Yeah, I heard about that. So, you know, which is great. I mean, if they're going to go that route, then, yeah, bring those actors back. Because for all the things that people did or didn't like about Daredevil, the acting, the the casting and the acting were never yeah, in question. They Especially Vincent D'Onofrio as kingpin. I mean... <laughs> He was universally praised for, for his role as Kingpin. Except for my brother. My brother hated him. Really? As, well, yeah. your brother has questionable taste. So he, doesn't, right. he doesn't like D'Onofrio, though. Well, he, that's, that's that's his problem. That's a personal yeah. thing. I don't know. But, like, he'll watch Full Metal Jacket. or right. He'll watch Men in Black, no problem. Yeah. But, you know, he has a problem. Men in Black's not his strongest <laughs> role. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, you know, whatever. Yeah. It's whatever. Yeah. yeah, you can tell which ones he's cashing the check on. Right. Men in Black. Yeah. No, I like them. Or was it Jurassic, one of the Jurassic World <laughs> movies the recently that came out? Yeah, the, the first. Taking the, the paycheck. First one, was taking it? a paycheck in that. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty bad. <laughs> He 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 reminds me of Orson Welles. Yeah. Every time I see him, I'm like, dude, why is he not playing like Orson Welles in an Orson Welles biopic? To do the Orson Welles drunk trying to make a commercial movie. Just that's what the whole <laughs> movie the is. The whole his, movie is like the people were like, we have one day yeah. to film this commercial, and Orson we've got to get him sober. Is shit faced. <laughs> why did you hand him a real bottle of wine? Why yeah. didn't you replace it with grape juice? Yeah, you know, he's just getting worse. <laughs> That's and we need this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that would be fun. Uh, In related Marvel news, uh, director Destin Daniel Cretton, who did Shang Chi recently for Marvel, has inked a new overall deal with Marvel Studios and Hulu's Onyx Collective. Part of that deal is developing not only a theatrical sequel to Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, but also a Disney Plus series, presumably <laughs> coming from that world of that movie. <laughs> Although there are no details. It could be something completely different. Now, who knows? And finally, last weekend, we saw a teaser for Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse Part 1, which is scheduled for October 7th, 2022. Picking right up where the last Spider-Verse movie left off. Looks like a lot of fun. Oscar Isaac will be back and having a prominent role as Spider-Man from 2099. Nice. That'll be a good time. I'll, I'll watch it. And in other news, apparently it's like wintry. In places that are not around here. That are not Missouri. Not the Midwest Although, in December. There we had like two days, three days, four days last week. No, I'm like... Oh, the, when the warm was, days? When yeah, it yeah. was really nice, and then I got up the next morning. It was just put cold. normal clothes on, walked, went outside to walk my dog, and he's on a mission, so I couldn't go back <laughs> inside to get my jacket. If you go back in, you need to come bring a mop with you? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So yeah. I had to walk for like 20 minutes without a jacket. I was like, what the hell? Yeah, supposed to be record highs on today, I guess, as people are listening on Friday. Hmm. Yeah, again. But not everywhere. This story comes from London, England. Dozens of customers who stopped for a drink at Britain's highest altitude pub 
got a longer stay than they bargained for after the building was cut off by a blizzard. Nice. 61 people woke up Monday after their third night at the Tan Hill Inn in the Yorkshire Dales, 270 miles north of London. They have been unable to leave since Friday when a late autumn storm brought snow and heavy winds that felled power cables and blocked roads. The pub sits just over 1,700 feet above sea level, and it is used to being cut off by bad weather, although probably not with people <laughs> inside. Right. Manager Nicola Townsend said that staff had organized movies, a quid night, quiz night, karaoke for the stranded guests. They've also been entertained by an Oasis cover band, Noasis. Oh, God. <laughs> who have also been stuck at the pub since their gig on Friday night. I'm sure they've been entertained. <laughs> Townsend said the guests were, quote, in really good spirits. They probably hit the spirits, if I had to guess. Right. They formed quite a friendship, like a big family is the best way I can describe it, she said. One lady actually said, I don't want to leave. Townsend said she hoped people would be able to head home later on Monday once the roads had cleared. I'll bet she does want them out of her yeah. bar. I heard that they renamed the band Snow Oasis. Like, that's literally <laughs> what they were calling them after this whole ordeal in there. I guess there could be worse places, though, to be holed up. Yeah, like the Overlook Hotel. Or, for example, this story out of Copenhagen, Denmark. Here we go. In northern Denmark, an Ikea showroom turned into a vast bedroom. Six customers and about two dozen employees <laughs> were stranded by a snowstorm and spent the night at the store sleeping in the beds that are usually on show. Oh. Up to 12 inches of snow fell, trapping customers and employees when the department store in Alberg closed on Wednesday evening. Quote, we slept in furniture exhibitions and our showroom on the first floor. We have beds, mattresses, and sofa beds. Store manager Pete Elmsmore told the Extra Bladet tabloid. I guess that's what it's called. I hope that's... That's yeah. how we're going to call it. Okay. The Extra Bladet. Extra. Extra. People could pick the exact bed they've always wanted to try, uh, Elmos <laughs> said. <laughs> Elmos said as they spent an evening watching television and eating. I bet they had good meatballs. Yeah, IKEA I, store. I, yeah, I bet. Adding, it went super well. It's all been, it's been a good night. All fun. Denmark's public broadcaster, DR, said people working in a toy shop that's next door to the IKEA also spent the night in the department store. It's much better than sleeping in one's car. It has a nice, it has been nice and warm, and we were just happy they would let us in, Michelle Barrett, one of the toy shop staffs told DR. We just laughed at the situation because we probably will not experience it again, Barrett said. As she quit her job and moved to a warmer climate, no. I wonder. I wonder if uh, they have to like discount the beds now that they've been, they've been used. used kind of open box items. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know because uh, you know how many people probably come in there and like get on the beds to test them out. Yeah, but like they like, they, they, they clearly they clearly slept on these. Like, oh, those people did. Yeah, the yeah. ones that were trapped there. Yeah, so they've been used for at least a night or two, or however long they've <laughs> this, been in there. This feels like the setup for like a bad porn. Yeah, <laughs> bad porn or a horror film. Yeah, or both. Ooh. Oh, horror, porn. horror porn yeah horror horror and h-o-r-r-o-r horror porn the movie the movie ends and then there's like the scene that's like a year later they have all the same beds there after everything that's happened they swept it all under the rug they got a new staff lady comes in lays down on the mattress she's like why is it wet why is it wet is that from the horror or from the porn Yes. No, right. <laughs> I was going to say, a year later, they come in, there's three-month-old children <laughs> being yeah. pushed through the store. And they're just like, okay, we can't do this. And then they sell all their mattresses to a barn swing. 
There you go. <laughs> go jump into the barn swing in your nasty horror porn mattresses. Well, let us know what you think are the top stories each and every week. If we use your suggestion, we'll give you a shout out in an upcoming episode. Send us your suggestions on Facebook and Twitter. Just search for and follow us at PGTC Podcast and post your comments and tag us in the news stories there. Or call us on the hotline at 417-986-7842 and leave a message with your comments. We just might play them on an upcoming episode. We Wait. mean it. We mean it. Call us. Call us. We'll play those recorded messages. Tara, I know Maybe, you're listening. Probably. Yeah, call us. Give us a call. Our Brazilian listeners, call us. Yes, call us. And, you know, we don't care if it's in Brazilian. We'll play it. In Brazilian? Yeah, no. What do you think they speak in Brazil? They speak Brazilian. Brazilian? <laughs> they don't speak Portuguese? They speak Latin or Portuguese. They, they don't speak... Okay. Whatever. <laughs> they speak German. <laughs> oh, I don't think they do. Yeah, they, they do. might in Copenhagen, Denmark. Oh, right. Of course. Where the Ikea store was. <laughs> Links to all that and more over at popgoestheculture.com. We're going to take a quick break. Coming up, we'll be talking with Jason from the Sample Chapter Podcast. You're going to get to hear his voice in the ad break. Spoilers. And a whole lot more. Don't go anywhere. We will be. We will be. Try that again. We will be right back right after this. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hello, friends. My name is Jason A. Meiske. I'm a thriller author and the host of the Sample Chapter Podcast. I'd like to invite you to join me each week as I introduce you to authors from all over the world. Together we have a nice little chat before the guest author reads a sample chapter from one of their books. There's been sci-fi, westerns, romance, horror, thrillers, and even the weird. There's names you don't know and for sure several that you do. And with over 100 episodes so far, you're sure to find a new favorite book. So come on over and join us every Tuesday on the Sample Chapter Podcast. There's lots of folks you shouldn't forget. When giving McDonald's gift certificates. The paper boy who delivers through thick and thin. The lady who teaches your son violin. The barber who cuts your hair just right. The sitter who sat for you Saturday night. Say Merry Christmas with McDonald's gift certificates. Each costs 50 cents. And a book of 10 costs $5. At McDonald's, we do it all All right, coming up this week in entertainment and pop culture, this weekend, couple conventions, C2E2, the Chicago, let me think, Chicago Entertainment and Comics Expo, I think. You would know, I wouldn't. C2E2 runs this through this Sunday in Chicago, and PAX Unplugged, the board gaming, tabletop gaming convention, runs through Sunday in Philadelphia. A couple big conventions this weekend all right this friday west side story is in theaters directed by steven spielberg i have heard it's really good yeah yeah for the people who like movies based on musical theater i've heard it's good it's a good adaptation okay that's what they say <laughs> i don't know I'm, i just i remember the original right uh, you know, I, I, I felt hear, like it I hear was they actually have poor, I hear they actually have people of Puerto Rican descent in this movie. Well, I mean, that's that would a plus, be helpful, I guess. Yeah, thank you, Spielberg, for being diverse. Right. <laughs> the Expanse season six on Prime Video. Have you watched any of The Expanse at all? I haven't. It feels I, like I, a show I would enjoy, but I haven't watched it. When I was ordering Christmas gifts, I did get a free trial of Prime. Prime Video. So I'll probably check it out. 
Very good. Check it out. Let us know what you think of it. Okay. This Sunday, the 12th, the Miss Universe pageant on Fox. I got a spoiler for you. Well, uh, yeah. Going to be an Earthling that wins. Oh, shit. <laughs> the Miss Universe pageant. It's not going to be a reptile. I'm guessing not. <laughs> not. Not somebody from Mars. It will be an Earthling. I have a feeling. The delegation from Saturn will uh, protest, but it, it, it's rigged, I think, against against non... When hasn't Earth. Saturn protested? <laughs> you know, they get those rings. <laughs> Next Monday, the 13th, National Cocoa Day. Bust out the cocoa. Hopefully like it'll hot be... Hot cocoa? Uh, well, it's got to be cold cocoa here. <laughs> Nobody wants a hot drink when it's 80 degrees out. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Next Tuesday, the 14th, Venom, Let There Be Carnage, The Last Duel, which was just in theaters. Yes. And Mitchells versus the Machines all out on home video. Well, nobody saw The Last Duel, so they're no. really trying to get it out there. Yeah. You know why? Because they're all watching Marvel. Because they're watching Marvel movies on their phones, <laughs> apparently, according to Ridley Scott. Yeah. Next Wednesday, the 15th, the iHeartRadio Jingle Ball on the CW. We got some jingle balls. Jingle your balls on with the CW. Yeah. And also next Wednesday, the 15th, is the last day to ship ground packages for Christmas delivery through the U.S. Postal Service and through FedEx. So if you've got a package to ship, you got till next Wednesday to get it shipped out if you want it to arrive by Christmas. So far... I think I'm good. In good shape so far? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Next Thursday, the 16th, Finding Magic Mike, a reality series looking for male dancers, not strippers, dancers is what they call them. Finding Magic Mike. Finding I mean, Magic Mike. It's not hard to find Channing Tatum. He's, no, he's, yeah. He's pretty recognizable. Finding Magic Mike series premiere over on HBO Max. The McGruber series premiere on Peacock. They're actually doing this? They're actually doing a series on Peacock because... They can't sell Peacock. They don't have anything. <laughs> so they're green lighting everything. And then Five Nights at Freddy's Security Breach video game for PC and PlayStation. And look for another new episode of the Pop Goes the Culture podcast next Friday in the podcast player of your choice. Speaking of Christmas shipping and shopping deadlines, I sat down earlier this week with Jason Meiske, host of the Sample Chapter podcast. Jason, of course, is an author as well as a podcaster. His new novel, Bandit Rising, is now available. It would make a great purchase for the readers on your Christmas list. We talked about the book. We talked about his podcast, which, again, part of the Pop Goes the Culture podcast network. All that and a lot more. Have a listen. All right, as promised, we have got a special guest this evening. You've heard his dulcet tones every week in the mid-show break during the uh, during the ad break. Uh, I've got Jason Meiske here with us from the Sample Chapter Podcast. How you doing, man? I know you've had a, a rough go of it becoming a bionic man on us. <laughs> How you been? <laughs> doing all right. Doing all right, man. I, yeah, it's been a, been a fun November, uh, getting, a, getting a new knee and turning 50, and uh, but, uh, you know, I'm taking it as it comes and uh, doing all right. Thank you. <laughs> is, the re- is the rehab going okay then? It is. Yeah, yeah. I had uh, had my first outpatient therapy today, and uh, yeah, they were pretty happy with how how it went. Uh, I'm up to 111 degrees of being able to bend my knee, which is further than I should be at this point. So I'm like, all right, great, good. Not bad for an old man, <laughs> bounce back quick. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when they grab your knee and they pull you way back, I'm like, yeah, look at how far you can go. I'm like, oh yeah, that's great. Like, let go. <laughs> no, that's how far you can go. I can't go nearly that far. <laughs> yeah, I can't do that myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not going to happen until the next time I'm here. Well, we're going to talk a little bit because uh, you've got a new book out, Bandit Rising. But before we get to that, um, 
if there's somebody out there who's not familiar somehow with the Sample Chapter podcast, give us kind of the origin story. What was it that prompted you to to not just be an author, but to do the whole podcast thing as well? I, you know, well, I, I'm an indie author, mm-hmm. and uh, as I found out once I started doing this show, uh, not just indie authors, but authors all over the place, uh, whether you're uh, self-published or uh, traditional, all of them have the same problem of finding a way to get word out about their their books, yeah. and uh, it, it's it's the same for across the board. And I kept trying to think, man, what am I going to do? And I, I thought about podcasting, but I thought, what? who wants to hear me? What am I going to talk about? You know I mean? I, I don't know what I could really offer, but I, I started thinking about, I was like, wait a minute, maybe there's other authors who might feel the same way I am looking for an outlet, a way to, you know, let people know about their work. And so it sounds selfish, but I mean, I did the show for myself and for other authors. And I mean, it, it's, it's hit a nerve and uh, people seem to enjoy it and coming up on 200 episodes. That's awesome. You've been doing this about the same amount of time we have. So yeah, it, I think it's so. Weird. Yeah, it's weird how everything just kind of <laughs> comes together all at the same time. Uh, so, yeah. what are some, so what are some of the highlights for you from the podcast? What uh, what have been some of the moments that you're like, man, I didn't believe I'd get that guest or, wow, I wasn't expecting that conversation. That was way better than we were expecting. <laughs> what, what are some of your highlights so far? Oh, man. Uh, well, I mean, most recently it would be uh, Lou Diamond Phillips. Mm-hmm. I, I had no idea he was even writing. Uh, but all of a sudden I, I had seen a year ago, this is over a year ago, I saw his Twitter page where he had posted about uh, his new book and it was going to be coming out in October. And I thought, I just happened to be at the right moment. I was like the first person to comment. I said, oh man, that's great. You ought to come on the show and we'll talk about your book. Next thing I know, his people are reaching out to me and you know it's happening. I'm just like, oh my gosh, I'm I'm talking to Chavez from Young right. Guns. Man, this is <laughs> this is awesome. And he was he was amazing. And uh, yeah, I, I, hopefully, cr- fingers crossed, we're gonna connect again when uh, he has a sequel for that book. Uh, prior to that, one of the big ones that just shocked me was uh, <clears throat> I was a longtime fan of uh, Steve Alton, mm-hmm. who writes the Meg books about the giant shark and the you know the big movie that came out. Yeah. And uh, same thing, just shot in the dark. You know, I reached out to uh, sent an email to his people and. A week later, I was like, yeah, hey, that sounds great. I've got this new uh, Loch Ness Monster book coming out. And uh, yeah, can I read from that? And I'm like, are you kidding me? I love that first book. <laughs> like, yes, yes, do it. Let's go. And that was fantastic. And getting to talk to him. And it was funny. We were sharing stories about that first book, the first book, The Meg. Right. And uh, I, I had my daughter at the time was brand new. She was a newborn. And everybody else took our one-year-old daughter off for one-year-old pictures. Uh, we, we have Irish twins. They're 11 months apart. Right. So everybody else in the family goes off for these photos. I spent the day at home reading The Meg cover to cover while holding my my newborn. Yeah. And I was telling him about this. And he was just like, my gosh, that's so funny. because I had a newborn about that time as well. And so we were swapping stories about that and talking about it. And it, it was really cool. A lot of fun. He was a great guy to talk to. But over time, it's just, you know, I've been really blessed. I've had uh, Jeff Arch, who wrote Sleepless in Seattle. Mm-hmm. Um, his people reached out to me about the show, asking if he could come on because he had his first ever novel uh, that he did. And then uh, Stephen Paul Leva, who uh, had done some work on uh, the original uh, Space Jam and other books, um, other TV and stuff. And he had a, a book called Creature Feature. And it's a 1950s uh like radio style 
yeah. uh, book, and the uh, the audio book was is really amazing. It's it's read by uh, Seamus and uh, uh, Joanna Deaver, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't know if you know Seamus. He's from uh, he was from Castle, yeah, uh, and and his real life wife played his wife on the show as well. So, but yeah, they were great. And uh, but I mean, you know, from those highlights to speaking to individuals and brand new authors, uh, I mean, oh my gosh, I just had a fourteen year old author on the show, <laughs> and. In the last like year and a half, two years, she's written eight books. She's got three more in the can that she's editing right now, and she's just blowing me away. And I was just, she was so much fun to talk to, and so full of energy. I'm like, oh my gosh, bless your heart. You were just, you're killing me, young lady. <laughs> yeah, when you're learning from the 14 year olds, it's it's yeah, a good exactly. thing. It's not a bad thing when you're our age. I'm it's- taking I'm taking notes. I'm like, yeah, I just turned 50. Let me tell me what'd you do again. Yeah, all right. <laughs> That's awesome. It's funny how that works because that's one thing we found out as well doing this show is that, you know, it's like they say you you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Uh, yeah. And it's surprising yeah. when you ask, the worst people can do is either A, blow you off, <laughs> B, say no, <laughs> or C, absolutely surprise you and be like, yeah, sure, let's do it. And then the next thing you know, you're talking to somebody you never would have pictured yourself talking to. So that's cool. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. I, I know how you feel on some of those. It's just like, whoa, what <laughs> how did that happen? And when you're done, you're, you walk away from it on kind of like cloud nine. Your feet are not touching the floor. You're going back in and you're like, oh, man, you're not going to believe what I just did. So. Oh no! Yeah, it was it was great. I was like taking little screenshots and uh, with my phone and take, sending it off to my wife, going like, "Look, look, Chavez!" <laughs> she was, oh, uh, it was it was a blast. We had a good time. That's awesome. Well, let's talk about your book, Bandit Rising. What's it about? What's kind of give us give us the uh, give us more than the book jacket version. Give us the the story here. What where did the, what's the idea? What's the story? Where did it come from? Uh, just kind of break it down for us. Well, I uh, it, it came from a little bit of some seeds from like Ready Player One mm-hmm. uh, during that whole '80s kick. You know when that really hit uh, back. Gosh, what is that? Five, six years ago now, uh-huh. uh, when the book originally came out. <clears throat> and uh, I, I just kept thinking, like, man, yeah, you know, I'm I'm a kid of the '80s, the '70s, and '80s. I, I could have something to to say about the '80s, and I used to write stories about high school friends and I and, and uh, well, junior high at the time. Right. And uh, we were, o- we were always like getting ready to save the school. Cause the Russians were going to invade any time, you know, red <laughs> dawn style. Right. And so, you know, I kind of thought like, man, I could do something like that, but, but I don't know what. And I just kind of kept toying with the idea. And then it, it hit me. I was like, well, wait a minute. What if it's an alien invasion? Like V uh, the original miniseries. And uh, the more I played with it and the more I thought, yeah, I could set this in the 80s and it's kind of a blast from the past. And so that's what it became is I got this uh, young man. He's like 11, 12 years old when aliens invade, goes into hiding because his neighbor uh, has a underground bunker uh, that they'd set up under the house. And it happens to be like around a holiday, like a Labor Day kind of thing. So they weren't home. And of course, anybody who wasn't home uh didn't make it that day kind of a situation so he goes into hiding and spends the next five years just hiding out uh and i I kept thinking like man what would i do as a kid you know i mean yeah i'd want to survive i'd want to find food and everything but i'd also be wanting to entertain myself and i thought yeah i'd be totally getting myself a nintendo and collecting a you know good boom boxes and music and movies and i thought well all right that's what this kid's gonna do 
And so he spent the next five years learning how to fight because he's watching Sylvester Stallone, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Chuck Norris. And, uh, you know, he comes out, he's got a sword. Uh, there can be only one. He wears a uh, hat that's like Crocodile Dundee, uh, found himself a uh, black Trans Am, and uh, he, the bandit is born. <laughs> right. And uh, he, he's ready to take the fight back to the, uh, back to the aliens. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> so what were some of the things about the book because i want to kind of break down your process i've we've talked to folks who are very much you know it's just i want the book to surprise me as it happens uh we've talked to folks mm. who are very much i've got to have an outline i don't have to necessarily stick to everything i thought was going to happen um but i need kind of something to help me know where i'm at <laughs> when i'm writing mm -hmm. what's kind of your process how do you how do you approach writing a book i'm i'm a little in between uh, I like to plan a little bit. I, I will play with the idea for a while and be taking notes and thinking it through for a while until it just starts to become an obsession. And about that point, I'm like, yeah, okay, it's time to start this. I got to get going on it because the ideas are just flowing. And from there, that's when I really like to see like, okay, where's this going to go? Because usually I have the ending in mind, right. uh, like the start and the ending and how, it, how it's going to get there. I have no idea. And so it's, it's a lot of fun figuring that out throughout the middle. And uh, I'll have scenes in my head. And with bandit, it was interesting because I, I wrote out, you know, day one of the invasion and I was writing a whole bunch of stuff. I had like eight chapters and then it jumped forward five years. And then uh, all this other stuff. And fortunately that's where my, writing group came into it and they were like yeah you know maybe this is a short story and your book should start there at the uh, you know after the aliens have attacked and and it was great advice it was, it was that's what i ended up doing was uh, i started from today's time or well not today it's night uh well so <laughs> what is it so 1989 is when it happened five so years later so 94 yeah right. and that's been kind of a a mind mess for me to keep that in mind once in a while too um but uh you know, the the biggest frustration I've had is dealing with figuring out the year when I was going to set this. And I was going back and forth between 88, 89, maybe 90. And I'm making out lists of, okay, what movies, what music, what what do I have to work with? What am I going to keep with me? And I finally settled on fall of, of 89. I thought, yeah, that's a pretty good year. I, I got most of the movies I want. Um, I got, you know, Lethal Weapon 2 sneaks in there, Batman sneaks in there, you know, a bunch of those good ones, uh, Indiana Jones, The Last Crusade. Uh, just the other day, though, I was in the middle of the sequel, which takes place a few months later, so around Christmas time. Yeah. I was devastated to realize I'm missing out on Christmas vacation. It does not exist in this universe because yeah, it was December, it, it, December happen, 1st yeah. of 89. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that, oh, that, that's shaking me to my core. Uh, <laughs> who knows maybe i'll open it up one of these days to authors elsewhere maybe like there'd be a california author who uh is able to get a hold of a <laughs> you know, a raw cut or something yeah who knows but uh <laughs> yeah but it's still i've got you know i've still got ralphie and his uh his red rider bb gun right. and uh so many other good ones so <laughs> that's funny yeah, I can't imagine trying to figure out, okay, yeah, that's cool. Oh, I can't say that because it's a reference to this, which came after. Yeah. And I've lived with it for 30 years, but this guy doesn't know it. It doesn't exist in this world. That's... Oh, yeah. I can't I can't imagine yeah. the notes you have to take <laughs> just uh, to try to keep this thing together. 
that's been that's been the biggest notes of the whole thing that i've taken uh little details like that um i have a big finale at arrowhead stadium and so corresponding a little bit with some people there they couldn't give me all the details i wanted right but uh i could go into a little bit and i was like all right well you know i'm gonna make up a lot of this stuff and you know i guess there's nothing wrong with that and they just kind of laughed about it and like yeah fine (laughs) but uh you know trying to figure out like wait a minute what players and what what year was this what's going on there and there's music playing um so i'm like okay wait what music would be playing at arrowhead at this time and uh you know this is yeah lots of lots of uh (laughs) catching up and even throwing myself off with music that i thought had taken place in the 70s uh i had one of them was um (laughs) oh gosh now and now it's uh, escaping me uh this uh song um oh man the well whatever <laughs> I, I thought it was a song from the 70s but it was just tickling the heck out of me to put this song in the in the in the book and then lo and behold it was from 86 and i, I was like what it's got this uh, it's got this real 70s vibe and kind of a uh, you know a real um uh you know that that whole funk feel to it yeah and i i thought for sure it was the 70s but no it was it's 86 and i was like really all right it's like that's that's funny all right so i don't know what i was thinking of but uh, uh coming up with all that uh motley crew and uh their uh, dr feelgood album had just dropped like yeah. a month before this i think i see them in concert in columbia that same month that that the aliens would have attacked so right. you know they they may have a uh, a place in the story it's it yeah there's been a lot of fun with this <laughs> that's awesome so you're a little bit of like a pop culture archivist here a little bit of an archaeologist even in this book <laughs> where you have to figure out a little bit oh, no, i can i can take that i can take the, i can take the best of this i can do a little of that oh can't touch that and yeah <laughs> yeah can't touch this was did not come out yet so yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's awesome but uh yeah but uh, yeah the uh it's funny the uh the phrase from uh highlander there can be only one has has kind of repeated in my head throughout the process I'm like nope nope there can't i can't use that there can only be this one so yeah. i gotta move on <laughs> <clears throat> uh, well, that's good though, because I don't think I see eighty nine. You wouldn't have had to have uh, messed with Highlander too. So I think you're. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe that's, maybe that that's the better timeline that, that you're in there. So, uh, so, so are you? Oh, are you? Are you? Do you? Do, does Jason survive in this book? I mean, obviously, you're not the main character, but are you alive in your world that you've created? You think? Did you make it? Uh, you know, I hadn't even I hadn't even thought about that. Um, I'm in. A, I mean, it takes place. Um, in the uh, the Kansas City area, yeah. uh, Warrensburg area, but at that time I was not in Warrensburg. I was actually in Northern Missouri, so um, I don't know. I, potentially, um, you know, cut more of a more of a suburb or suburban, uh, uh, more of more of a woodsy area. So uh, I guess yeah. there's that potential that uh, could have run off to some family in the woods somewhere and be just you know living off of possums or who knows what <laughs> just just wondering if at some point we're going to come across a, a younger version of, you know that, that doesn't get name dropped doesn't you know we just happens to, oh there's that guy that's in the story and it just happens uh, to be a younger version of you 
Oh yeah. If I, if I did something like that, it would definitely be a very tongue in cheek kind of thing of yeah. uh, some, something to make fun of myself for yeah, sure. The, so. the only people they're going to know are you. And then the people that, yeah, whatever you're referencing, they're like, Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> he wore those exactly. every day or yeah. You know, something like yeah. that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's like, Hey, dirt bag. Like, wait a minute. What? Like, <laughs> I remember that name. <laughs> so now, what, what's interesting though, is, is as far as name dropping though, I did name my protagonist and his love interest after my parents parents oh, uh, wow. so i i have their names in their different last names obviously and, right. and different ones but uh it just it just tickled me to no end to like yeah yeah i'm gonna name him i'm gonna name him gene yeah and, and you know of course there's people who are going to be naming and calling him eugene which my dad raised his eyebrow at and uh but uh, but he he loved it. He's he's thrilled, and as luck would have it, October twenty second was a Friday, and that's his birthday. So that's when oh, wow. it dropped. Yeah. And then uh, a month later, November twentieth was my mom's birthday, and uh, that's when I had a big event going on up in you know, near our hometown. So I got to bring the books and and do that. So that was a lot of fun. It was just I couldn't. It's such a happenstance, and so much fun with it. And uh, yeah, they're they're having a good time reading. The, the book right now <laughs> that's awesome well i know that this time of year in particular there's a lot of talk <laughs> this year with you know uh we can't get stuff there's nothing on the shelves i don't know what we're gonna do for christmas i think more than more than ever this has been the year to support local artists to support small business to support independent authors to support you know s small artisanal craftsmen that kind of thing um mm -hmm. your book your book's available i could buy it and have it by christmas if i wanted to at this point right Absolutely. Yeah, I've got paperback. I've got hardcover, uh, the ebook. Uh, ebook is still on sale for 99 cents. I'll probably keep it that cheap until till the sequel is ready to go up for sale and then I'll okay. I'll raise the price a little bit. Um, and so it's also on Kindle Unlimited for free. So if they if you're a Kindle Unlimited subscriber, then you mm -hmm. can borrow it for free and go That's from awesome. How does that work as far as compensation goes? Do you get compensated on the unlimited stuff? Is it because the way I remember it and it could have changed <clears throat> is like there's a big pool of money for the month and it based on percentage of pages and time read and all that based on yeah based on pages read okay and uh i've had i've had more pages of bandit rising red than my first two books put together which is, is a, a very exciting especially yeah. since it's only been uh six weeks since yeah. it's been out uh so that's that's a good sign I'm, I'm excited about that um and it's really interesting because you know you try to stay out of that back office in amazon to not right. obsess over those numbers but every once in a while i'll take a peek and I'm like oh, a couple hundred pages read today it's like man was that one person reading it or is that you know several people reading a few pages like you right. just have no idea but you get paid the same anyway but yeah, yeah it's it's a little you get a little percentage and it uh it, it almost evens out to uh what a regular sale would be right on well, that is uh, that's kind of our pitch. <laughs> that's definitely <laughs> it's the holiday season. I know there are people out there, obviously, who are listening to this podcast, to your podcast, who are readers or avid readers. Uh, there are people who <laughs> the the 
the pandemic has forced them to read because they needed something mm. new, a new interest. There are people who would love to get back into a good book. They're just looking for the right book to hook them back in. Um, there are people who haven't cracked a book since high school because it felt like work. <laughs> you know, they had to do yeah. a report every time they read something. Um, but this is the, like, again, this is the holiday season. This is a weird year, year two of us, uh, a Christmas time in a pandemic. This is, if you haven't already, the time to go out and start uh, supporting your local and your independent artists, authors, uh, all of that stuff. And so we can't recommend enough that you that you pick up a copy of Bandit Rising. Where can people get it? I know, like I said, it's available on uh, on Amazon. Where can folks find a mm-hmm. copy of Bandit Rising? Yeah, Am- Amazon right now is the exclusive is the uh, okay. place for it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you can go there and look me up, or you can go to my website at jasonamaiski.com, and I have links there for all of my books. Uh, right now, everything's exclusive through Amazon. Uh, just easier for me right now, but as I as I get a few more books and maybe uh, branch out with some audio, I may uh, go a little bit wider with it. Right on. And we will also put a link directly to your book in the description on this podcast so folks can find it that way as well. Thank well, you. I appreciate you've, that. You've talked about the sequel a little bit. Are you hard at it? Are you taking the holidays to kind of rest and recharge and rehab? Or are you like, are you moving forward? I, I, I'm moving forward. I had hoped to do more writing during my rehab uh, during the first couple of weeks, but I actually, uh, <clears throat> I actually sat around doing nothing a lot longer than I thought I would. Uh, I actually started playing Far Cry 6 during oh, those yeah. uh, first few days, and that, that was a huge time suck. Uh, but finally opened up the laptop, got back into it, and uh, hit a rhythm where I'm getting at, at least 500 words a day. Um, on a good day, though, I've had a couple of them of you know, more than 2,000, almost 3,000 words in a day and flying through it. Uh, what was funny was I had I had originally worked on it after I finished the first book and I was maybe halfway done and I was hitting a wall and then I realized I had mixed my ideas between book two and three. So going back to like your your first mention about the, uh, the yeah. notes and I had just Somewhere along the way, um, I guess just because I, I wasn't following what I had planned for the middle, I jumped into book three, and uh, which would which will be taking place in uh, Springfield is the plan, and uh, yeah, it just I was like, wait a minute, what why why the heck am I in Springfield? Why, I don't mean to be here right now. <laughs> it's like, you're supposed I to ask be that up in uh, every every day. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, it's like, no, nah, he's supposed to be in Northern Kansas City up around Worlds of Fun right now. But uh, so I had to kind of go through and, and split that up and figure out what was going on and then sort out a little more of the story and, and uh, put a uh, potential uh, uh, somebody to get in between. Gene and Bev uh, to interrupt, uh, you know, will they or won't they? Oh, well, mm-hmm. here's another new young man that has uh, come into the uh, into the fray and uh, maybe maybe be pulling Beverly's eye away. And, uh, you know, so will Gene do something about it or not? We'll see what happens and raise the stakes a little bit. <laughs> what are your parents going to think about that? <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, uh, I think they're probably going to get a kick out of it. So, I don't know if they'll get all the references. I have a lot of uh, a lot of Lost Boy vibe uh, throughout part of this, but uh, yeah, I, I think that'll probably fly over their heads. That's okay. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it's going to be fun. I think they're going to really enjoy the. Uh, uh, well, talking to my dad, he's enjoyed all the uh, the references to like um, Independence Mall and and Arrowhead Stadium. 
stadium and all these little details that I did in the first book. And so he's looking forward to uh, a big portion of this one takes place at uh, Subtropolis, which is an underground cavern system in Kansas City that I never knew existed, but it's huge and a perfect place to go and hide. And uh, he's not the only one who thought that. So, um, yeah, it, there, there's there's gonna be a lot. It's gonna be a lot of fun, and I think he'll he'll get a kick out of that. And I'm hoping Mom will get a kick out of uh, what does uh, Gene do to uh, try and earn Bev's interest back again. Right on. That's awesome. Well, man, I can't <laughs> thank you enough for being here. I, it, man, it feels like we we don't do this often enough. Are you gonna be in uh, at Planet Comic Con in uh, in the spring? I'm planning on yeah. I'm I'm at least going to be there visiting and uh, maybe you know trying to do some more panels again. Um, I haven't decided if I'm going to try and set up a booth or not, but uh, we'll see how what happens. Hopefully, book two will be available and maybe I'll be more ready to uh, set up a booth and. Well, cool, man. Well, we're going to have to get together then for sure. And if nothing else, I'll find a panel to, to work you into. <laughs> we'll bring you into something if nothing else. <laughs> well, that was great last time. And I really appreciate that uh, that working out because my, my panel fell through and then Joey to the rescue. That was awesome, man. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, we do what we can, man, to take care of each other here. Well, right on, man. Well, again, I appreciate you being here. Pick up Bandit Rising on Amazon uh, and gift it to yourself and gift it to uh, the reader on your list this holiday season. Jason, uh, catch up with you again soon, I hope. Take care, buddy. Merry Christmas. You too. All right. Thanks again to Jason for joining us. Pick up a copy of Bandit Rising. We've made it real simple for you. We're going to put it, like we said in the interview, we're going to put it in the description of the episode, the podcast, so you can click right from there. Or you can go to popgoestheculture.com, and on the right-hand side of the page, you will see a copy of the book jacket. And if you just click right on that, it'll take you to Amazon. You can purchase the book right then and there. Nice. Making it easy. Thanks again, Jason, for joining us. So what else has been going on? I've been doing a little bit of TV catching up, but what have you been up to in the last week or so? Uh, I filmed a short. What'd you film? I filmed a short called Polaroid. It's a, <laughs> it's a movie. Uh-huh. A little short film. And? Uh, I don't want to give away too much. Right. No spoilers. No spoilers. Don't make me go back and edit out your spoilers like I had to a couple weeks ago. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Um, yeah. Just I had this idea one night, and it was one page of description, no dialogue. Mm-hmm. And then I did the storyboards, and it was nine pages of storyboards. Good Lord. <laughs> but thankfully, it was all like, you know, this is going to be one shot. So that's what right. a couple pages were. We're just representing one shot, one okay. take. Um, yeah, I had a, had my friend Lynette Radford. She just, um, was very sweet and decided to help me with this because when I was doing the storyboards, I was like, you know, if she did this, her apartment would be great to shoot this in. So I modeled the storyboards after her apartment. Nice. <laughs> you were over there creeping around her apartment, taking pictures, loading it up for your storyboard. I used uh, I used Kami Pro. It's like a manga maker. Right. And it's very limited. So it's like, I'm sorry that you're a schoolgirl in, uh, in the... So here's the deal. You're going to have to, yeah. you're going to, have to wear this schoolgirl outfit with a skirt that barely covers your ass cheeks. It's like, yeah, I'm sorry, but it's, it's very limited. It's integral to the story. But it, it just... Just, this is what my idea is. You're going to be walking here. You're going to be doing this, this, this. Don't mind the fact that you're an 18-year-old schoolgirl. Yeah. <laughs> a barely legal Asian schoolgirl. <laughs> but, yeah. It's and important. It's integral to the story. It's very integral. Uh, Asian predators. <laughs> yeah. Asian predators. Good Lord. Um, <laughs> What's with you and Asian predators? Uh, well, you know. Um, so, yeah. I was. Um, got, we shot it in just a couple hours because it's pretty simple. And I've been editing that here and there for like the last week and yeah i'm pretty excited for it cool what are you gonna do with it 
I don't know. <laughs> Show <laughs> it to people. Right. I might, if it turns out all right, I might uh, submit it into some festivals. So cool. that'd be good. And I'm just right now, music wise, I found some music that I like. <laughs> There's this album. It's from 1983. Yeah, <laughs> it's all royalty free. Uh, oh, okay, public domain stuff. And, but I was really hoping maybe we could get an original score. But as of right now, I found a couple tracks that are like from a certain website and they're and the person's like you know you don't have to credit us but, it'd but be if great. you do here's the, here's yeah. the website here's how you attribute it so yeah. yeah i'm gonna put the the name and the website on the credits so because it's really good good music it's some jazzy stuff so cool jazzy asian schoolgirls. <laughs> <laughs> i mean there's a market I bet there is there's a market for anything yeah <laughs> did you uh did you ever finish cowboy bebop season one no, but I um I was going to start it last night, uh-huh. but I watched the uh, anime instead. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, hey, let's go back to the original. <laughs> and uh, there was one episode. It was like, because I'd been a while since I'd seen the anime, and I remember in the the new live action, there was these eco-terrorists. Mm-hmm. And then the episode that I started with, because I'd watched it a few times before, um so i'd like continued where i'd left off like a year or so ago right and it was the eco-terrorist episode i was like oh yeah there it is remake and then i'm like wait a minute okay i don't understand why they changed what they changed so in the anime the eco-terrorists have this uh virus that when released it turns people into monkeys like raging monkeys right spoilers in the live action <laughs> they have a virus that turns people into fucking trees fucking <laughs> <laughs> trees huh because i didn't think trees produced that way <laughs> well you know what it, it just turns them into trees they just oh, like oh so there's no fornication no going fornication on. but oh, it turns them into trees for a second i was confused i mean it could i mean <laughs> that'd be funny just, again this was a shot in an ikea store <laughs> right <laughs> i just there's things that this live action show like i don't hate it but i don't understand some of the decisions yeah so that's kind of where i'm at with it well the reason i bring it up uh, word came down today. Cowboy Bebop canceled at Netflix after one season. Really? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I guess it did not do as well as needed to be done to be continued into a second season. It was an experiment. It was something. <laughs> <laughs> also, Netflix today, on Thursday as we're recording this, dropped a new trailer for Cobra Kai Season 4. I love this show. I haven't watched it. It's on Netflix. I you have Netflix, right? I do. Oh, I hear it's watch great. It. If you start watching it now, because season four comes out on New Year's Eve, spoilers, I will know what I'll be doing New Year's Eve, uh, you could be caught up by the time season four comes out, because the episodes are short and fast and easily bingeable. You, you just kind of fly through them. It's just like, oh, uh, next one? Cool. Next, next, next. You take a weekend. You get through Cobra Kai. You'll be ready for season four. Okay. It's really good. All right. I think you'd like it. I think you'd dig it. Okay. Uh, let's see. What else? Oh, speaking of earlier, we were talking about HBO Max. Universal has uh, announced that any Universal movies that come out going forward will be streaming on Peacock. Again, can't get anybody to sign up for it, so you got to give stuff away. Will be streaming on Peacock 45 days after their theatrical release. So a month and a half after a movie hits theaters... If it's a universal film, it's on Peacock 45 days later. Huh. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I wouldn't have seen Halloween Kills on the day it came out if it hadn't been on Peacock. Right. Which, you know, 
better or worse, <laughs> the movie was not stellar, but... Evil dies tonight. If, well, <laughs> <laughs> something died <laughs> that night watching that movie. Might have been my hope for uh, this third one. But uh, yeah, I, you know, 45 days instead of... 45 days. Okay. Uh, that's a month and a half. I mean... That's like... I mean, and we're seeing quick turnaround on home video stuff. We're yeah. seeing, you know, movies that... Well, what did we talk about? Last Duel, Venom. Those both came out in, October. I want to say, October. And they're on home video in December. Two two months. Right. Seems like the theatrical, which I know a lot of movies aren't staying in theaters for weeks and months it's on not end like anymore. The old days. Yeah. But 45 days, it's, I mean. On streaming. It's streaming. I, I think you can get a free account on Peacock. So, huh. or, or you can pay either. It's probably like, you know, probably tiers, like $5.99 or $4.99. Free with commercials, so, yeah, probably, like or something that. like that. I don't know. Feels like it feels feels like uh, theaters. I don't know. Theaters have struggled through the pandemic. They've struggled to rebound, and it seems like all the streaming stuff's kind of hamstringing that a little more. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Speaking of Peacock, you don't, you don't have Peacock, do you? I don't. I don't have Peacock. I'll have to hook you up with something. Uh, so Chucky, the series that was on Sci-Fi this year, did you watch any of that at all? I didn't. You don't I have mean, Sci-Fi, do you? I don't have Sci-Fi. I didn't think you did. So the entire first season is streaming on Peacock. Mm-hmm. So I sat down and watched it over the last week or so. Uh-oh. Is it Dude, it's really good. Is it <laughs> it's really? really good. Surprisingly good. Better than the last few movies? Oh, by far. They connect to the last few movies. He doesn't like erase anything. Like Everything that happened in the last few movies, you don't have to be really well-versed in the last few movies because they do a good job of getting you caught up with everything you need to know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, exposition is, you know, they do a lot of flashback stuff, but dude, I enjoyed that show a whole lot more because when they said, Hey, it's Chucky, the child's play TV series on sci-fi. I'm like, well, you know, <laughs> well, so I didn't watch it when it aired, but catching it all, you know, making it bingeable where you can go from one episode to the next for however many you want to get in in a day. Dude, I, I dug it, man. It was is pretty it, good. Is it funny or it it is? Yeah, it's funny. It's completely unbelievable i mean it's it's child's way it's a doll (laughs) but you're like dude has nobody noticed how many murders are taking place in this town and they do but (laughs) i mean it's just like it's it's totally implausible and funny which makes it fun to watch i think because it's it's chucky is you know except for the last the last few movies you know the chucky doll charles lee ray has been kind of moving the plot along but not the main focus right like somebody's making somebody's killing people and it's other it's focused on other actors and their characters and it's kind of that way in this this is kind of like you know the making of a murder chucky's trying to get other people to become murderers and so he's like more like playing like the devil on the shoulder type thing (laughs) but at the same time he's still running around killing people too so it was it was better than it had any right to be it was pretty good yeah Okay. You'll have to check it out. I'll get you you set up. Uh, Let's see what else did I check out. Oh, The Beatles Get Back documentary on Disney Plus. I don't have Disney, but I think I think I can. I'll figure out how how to get it. This was apparently there was like 60 hours of footage. Right. They brought Peter Jackson in and said, do something (laughs) with this. He got it down to eight hours. Disney's like, we want a three hour, like just a long movie. He's like, if I do anything less than this eight, you lose the story I'm trying to tell Disney pushed back. So he went to his co-producers, which were 
the Beatles <laughs> and their fam- surviving family members is like, hey, Disney's wanting me to cut this. I want you guys to watch it. Let me know what you think. That So the Beatles and Peter Jackson, Lord of the Rings, the Hobbit Peter Jackson, went back to Disney and like, <laughs> it's eight hours. And Disney's like, okay, it's eight hours then. And Disney's like, but we need you to drop the profanity out of it. Peter Jackson takes it back to the Beatles. <laughs> it was like, they want me to cut the profanity. And they're like, no, this is us. This is this is a documentary. This is not a movie. You, it's not fictional characters where you can change the dialogue. But right. they're like, this is us. This is how we talk. This is what we said. This is what we did. Went back to Disney. Like the Beatles said, don't cut it. So they're like, okay, leave it in then. So, but they do have like little warnings, like, hey, this is content because Disney's so scared that you know somebody, an adult, is going to watch their programming and be like, oh, don't you know. they own half of Hulu? They own half of Hulu. They could have dropped it there. But, yeah, but they want the subscribers on Disney Plus, right? But they're making choices like that with a lot of the stuff they acquired from Fox. You're never going to see, you know, there was Fox had, you know, some properties that were hard R, you know, like right. Predator. I know they're doing a new thing for Hulu, but the Disneyfication of everything that they touch is kind of scary. Yeah. The, I, you know, every time I see advertisements for the, the Beatles get back and mm-hmm. I see the Disney logo, I'm just like, fuck you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty like, much. Literally, that's how I feel when I see it. I'm like, oh, the Beatles. And then I see Disney. I'm like, fuck. Yeah. You know, I just, I kind of hate it, but yeah. But if it gets it out there, if it gets it out there untouched by the mouse. Yeah. If the mouse can keep his little rat paws off of this stuff, (laughs) just give us the goods. Right. But the documentary is really good. Yeah. I've sat and I, eight hours, I didn't go through it all at once, but within the course of like a day and a half, I ended up watching the whole thing. Cause you're watching, you know, this is the Beatles as they're making some of their more iconic, legendary stuff. And at the same time, this is the Beatles breaking up as a band. So it's really this weird thing to watch where it's like, God, they're, they're putting out classics. Some of my favorite Beatles songs and they're, they're walking away, leaving, they're putting, leaving it all behind. Like, screw this. Right. It's a really fascinating thing to watch. And I hope you like the song Get Back <laughs> because okay. they've just. They play, I hear they played a lot. They, they, it gets played a lot All the as they're trying to figure it out. It's right. like they almost take you through everything as they're trying to figure it out. It's like, oh, my God, can I get the song out of my head now? <laughs> and, yeah, at the end of it, it it's like it's just it's really interesting to watch. Watching three geniuses and Ringo <laughs> doing hey doing what they do. Oh, dude, Ringo's hilarious in this. I saw Ringo. Ringo's like, Ringo's like just stoned out of his mind. <laughs> and he's just sitting back as everybody else is bickering and creating songs and making magic and the whole turbulent dynamics. And Ringo's just sitting at his drum kit with his eyes glazed over red and just sitting there like just completely stoned. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're like, all right, let's play something. And then Ringo just picks up his sticks and starts playing. It's just like, oh, God. <laughs> it's like hey, the it worthless beat. <laughs> <laughs> or if Liz or not, you know, hey, the yeah. drums work. Yeah, it, it, yeah, exactly. So but it, it, that Family Guy joke. <laughs> I wrote a song about octopus. Oh, great! We'll put it right here, right on the fridge, so everyone can look at it. Uh, it it's it is it's fun. It's interesting to watch. Though, yeah, you'll have to check that one out if you get a chance. If you have if any interest at all in the Beatles or music history no, I or love any of that, yeah, it's I love music history. I love documentaries about music. I actually like I'll 
go through and watch crap all the time on YouTube. Yeah. Even if it's like five minutes, like someone made their own little mini documentary yep. covering something. I just watched one about John Frusciante, what he did after he left the Chili Peppers. And I'm yeah. just, when I was done, I was like, oh God. <laughs> like, what he <laughs> did, went through. Did you take a hot shower afterwards? Clean yourself the, off? The, yeah. Well, his living conditions, the heroin, mm-hmm. the, the rotting teeth. And he, the, he was just like, Jesus. And that guy is alive today yeah somehow somehow he's alive it's and he, amazing and he, how and many he, people have just completely abused their bodies and they're still going strong and he looks great today yeah you know? so he's doing good god bless you for shante yeah <laughs> good for you <laughs> you survived uh last thing i'll bring up so abc does these during sweeps every so often um do this thing it's called live in front of a studio audience i don't know if they're, are you familiar with the concept at all i mean some of yeah, it it's pretty, pretty pretty obvious but yeah they take these classic sitcoms that were produced by norman lear who's like now 99 years old and they get modern actors and they rebuild the sets to as close as they can to the original sets and they have modern actors doing a just a the full original script from an episode and mm. they do two different shows like back to back and they usually find some kind of common thread like the very first one they did was like all in the family and the jeffersons because yes the jeffersons spun out of all in the family so right. they picked an episode of all in the family that kind of introduced george jefferson that was the first half hour the second half hour was an episode of the jeffersons well this time they did uh, the facts of life and different strokes and, you know, say what you will about these shows. I mean, I grew up on them because I'm that age. They're not the best right. <laughs> shows, but they they bring in a, you know, a new cast and stuff. And, and it's all, it's filmed live. It's obviously not live, but it's filmed live. And it's 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 kind of like some of the better Saturday Night Live stuff where they're they're trying to hold it together because those are live. You know, so you get those moments of like, you know, you'll see people starting to crack up and it's like, uh, are they going to hold it together? Or somebody, uh, you know, they when they did different strokes, they had Kevin Hart as Arnold, uh, <laughs> which is about the right size <laughs> height wise. And they got like this ginormous cast, like of really tall actors to play against him. Uh, you know, well-known actors that perfect for the roles, but they're right. all well over six feet tall. <laughs> so it's pretty funny. So you got little Kevin Hart and he, of course he goes off script a couple of times and, Yep, trying to crack people up, and it's it was it's worth it. It's it's streaming on Hulu. It was uh, live in front of a studio audience. There was a a show. I don't remember what channel it was on, but it was like oh my gosh, like fifteen twenty years ago, mm-hmm. and it was the same concept. They would mm-hmm. get modern people to recreate these old TV show episodes, but they would be a little more outlandish with it. Mm-hmm. I remember they they redid an episode of Saved by the Bell, but they were all like Star Trek slash Star Wars characters. Nice. So like I think Screech was like Yoda or right. something. It was really interesting it's whatever it makes me think of and so i don't know when i was at when we were at uh planet comic-con last summer i guess well, i was doing the panel with barry williams from the brady bunch mm-hmm. and i guess rupaul had i think they did one episode as a pilot and i don't know if it ever went further or not but there was a plan to do a series where they were going to be shooting episodes of classic sitcoms and they would bring in one or two actors from that sitcom to kind of be the connecting thread. But then all the rest of the actors and actresses were going to be drag queens. 
<laughs> so they did an episode with the Brady Bunch. It's called like Dragging the Classics. I think is what he said it was called. <laughs> and so he was there, but of course he's older now, so he was playing the dad. Okay. Mike Brady. Right. And then all the rest of the actors that were playing the Brady kids and stuff were all drag queens. And like Cindy, who's like the smallest, they got the biggest drag queen they could find <laughs> to play Cindy. And he said it was, he said he was concerned because it's like how, what's the, is this mocking? Is it going to be cynical? Is it going to be, you know, what is it? But it was like, no, it was very reverent. We all grew up watching this and, you know, we want to do it with these drag queens. And yeah, we're going to take some liberties, like pick the biggest guy to be Cindy, but we're doing it faithfully. And, he was like he he was saying that yeah it was fascinating to watch and a, and he really enjoyed being a part of it so that's cool there is a there there is a subgenre I guess of television for that of recreating classic shows and, I'd do it yeah it'd be fun yeah we should maybe maybe we'll do that as a as a bonus content sometime go just, get a, get a script from a classic just recorded episode yeah we'll just do a table read with it basically yeah. all right that'd be fun yeah we, we'd have to figure out what something. Something fairly recent, <laughs> recent or well, I don't want school? I don't want to do all in the family. Thinking like Scrubs or Cheers or Community or something like that. I was maybe. thinking like Mash or something. Yeah, Mash would something, be fine. Something heavy. Yeah, you you, would, you, want to, you wouldn't want to pick one where I was like, this guy's trying to escape the army because trauma. I don't know. If we want to do that one per se, but right. Right. You don't want to pick the scrubs where somebody dies, but you, know. you don't want to pick the episode of Mash where the guy doesn't want the wrong kind of blood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We don't. Want, I don't think. <laughs> don't think we're qualified to read that one in front of a microphone. But, <laughs> but yeah, but it was fun. It, that's on Hulu. So if if again, if anybody's interested in that kind of thing, go check that out. It was a good time. We watched it as a family. Kids had no idea what the hell they were watching. <laughs> They're like, what? What is this? I know Kevin Hart. That's the guy in Jumanji. I don't know what any of the rest of this shit is. <laughs> I, yeah. Kevin Hart, Jumanji. That's what people know him from. Yeah, pretty Which is funny. Yeah. Because, <laughs> but it, like they had, uh, you know, I don't know if you know different strokes, but it's, it's an old, rich, white guy who mm-hmm. adopts two black kids. Yeah. And so for the old, rich, white guy, they had John Lithgow. <laughs> and it was funny because at one point in the show, John, the, the character, the, the actor and the character in the original show picks up Arnold, who is a kid at the time and carries him <laughs> into the next room. So John Lithgow's carrying around Kevin Hart. <laughs> John Lithgow's an older guy, and Kevin Hart, as small as he is, he's still you know, he's, he's a, still yeah, yeah he's solid yeah, <laughs> but he's carrying around Kevin Hart. <laughs> it's, it's pretty funny. It's That's like funny. Kevin Hart's riding on his hip, you know, as he's carrying him walking, carry, walking to the next room. And it was like, oh shit, that's funny. And then they, you know, and then at one point, like the 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 the, the common the connecting thread between these two was the lady Charlotte Ray's the actress's name played Mrs. Garrett on both shows right. she started on different strokes and then they moved her to uh facts of life so she and she looks great for as old as she is and she was doing double duty she was in both episodes um but that one you know she was in the different strokes one and she's trying to get arnold to eat <laughs> she's like here eat your soup kevin hart i don't want your damn soup mrs g <laughs> <laughs> and she's trying not to laugh <laughs> Yeah, just that. Or like they had Snoop Dogg had a cameo in it uh, as Willis's friend Vernon. And at the end, the very last lines, like, "Hey Willis, how come Vernon always smells like weed?" <laughs> just you know, just breaking camera, breaking character, you know, going off script, and it, it was pretty funny. That's awesome. Yeah, so, yeah, just fun stuff. Fun stuff if you're into into the old sitcom stuff. Watching somebody take a new spin on it. But that's about it, man. That's about all I got. It's been a week. <laughs> it's been a rough week sometimes. But yeah, I guess. Yeah, it's been tough here. Yeah. I, I don't have anything, so. All right. Well, I think that's going to wrap us up then. 
put this one to bed. If you have enjoyed this or any episode of the Pop Goes the Culture podcast, please take a moment, leave a review in your preferred podcast player. It does not cost a thing. Really is one of the best ways that you can show your support for the show. That's not the only way. We're going to do some fun stuff in the new year. We got some Patreon stuff set up. We got some different things. We got to bring the online store back. We put some new stuff out there. We're going to have some fun. Do a table read of a classic. Sitcom. Apparently, we're going to do a table read. We'll put that out on Patreon. Maybe that'd be a good Patreon bonus type thing. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe depends on how it goes, or it might just get buried altogether and never hear <laughs> see the light of day. Did you see that? Um, that one community. The actors got together and they did a table. Yeah, read. over the pandemic, wasn't it? Yeah. And they had uh, uh, what's his Pedro, name? Pedro Pedro Pascal. Yeah, that was so funny. Yeah, I don't think he didn't know what he was getting. No, into. no, he, no. I don't know if he ever saw an episode it, of the like, community. Yeah, after like the third semen joke, it's like, how the hell did you guys get away, <laughs> get away with this? Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> we'll have to pick one. We're gonna have to start figuring out because we'll have to think about who we've got and how how many how many parts there's going to be, and mm-hmm. we'll, we'll pick something. I mean, we can do a couple different voices if we have to. Yeah, if we have to, we'll we'll pick a couple. We'll we'll find some scripts. When you right. start thinking about that, we'll start we'll start working on that. Okay, during the holiday break. Well, thanks again, Curtis, for being here. Thanks everybody for listening to the podcast whenever and wherever you're catching us. My game again is Joey Mills with the Pop Goes the Culture Podcast Network. Have a great weekend. We'll catch you back here next week. Next week will be one week away <laughs> from one week Christmas. Away from Christmas. Get your shopping done. Get your shipping done by Wednesday. Uh, catch us next week on the Pop Goes the Culture podcast. Until then, be safe, be healthy, be happy. See ya. Stay frosty. That's all, folks. This show has been brought to you by the Pop Goes the Culture podcast network. Find links to all of our podcasts and more at popgoestheculture.com.